Welcome back to Solemn Squawking Dead. This is Rick's final episode. We will not be seeing him again for a long time. He's probably going to be spending a lot of time with his family before he even thinks about going to a studio. But we lost another person, and it's somebody who's kind of been with us from the beginning, and it's not something people noticed. You know, you know Kathy from Oceanside? She was the walker that fell on Rick when, when he was at bridge camp. Uh-huh. Yeah, I kind of let out an audible, like, oh, no. And then, like, I immediately messaged uh, Nicole Barry, uh, Barry Bro, basically. I was trying to figure out, like, when when he stumbled onto the camp, I was like, wait, wait, wait. these are freshly killed people. Yeah. And so clearly shit went down on the camp. Yeah. The other the other two, I didn't know. The first two that came yeah. out. The third one, like, I didn't even, I couldn't tell until he she was right on top of him. And I was like, no. Oh, because... You have to understand something, Carol. Um, actually, you probably know. I don't know because I kind of took over the Instagram. <laughs> but, um, but I yeah, follow. Nicole Barre was like the um, pretty much one of the first people that followed us. I know she um, was actually. You are very right. Yeah, and so it was just a really kind of a sad moment, and I, I I immediately reached out to her after the episode was over, and I said, "Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like we we're gonna miss you so much, and you know, I mean, you you're so kind, you're so passionate, you you, you give it your all, you you give everything to the fans, so." It was just, you know, it was a nice thing to do. And, and you know, it, it, we're going to miss her. And yeah. you know what? We don't have to miss her because we're still following our Instagram. And yeah, it's kind of like kind of like Talking Dead where, where you know, we're, we're, we're going to see we're going to still see her alive. She's not gone. Exactly. But she makes a fabulous walker, wouldn't you say? Yes. <laughs> OK. Very so an, enough of that, though. We got shit to do. <laughs> We've we got, got an, an episode, episode to cover. I was going to say, we've got an episode to cover. So mushy. Um, yeah. So, okay. This episode was tons of feels. Tons of feels. Lots from right, feels. right, left, and center. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, I almost, I mean, we can go in chronological order, obviously. But <sighs> So much to say. I mean... Yeah action pack from beginning to end loved yeah. it loved it yeah it was it was kind of like a nerve dragger oh, yeah i have no complaints no yeah. complaints i mean everything from beginning to end was even people who were like who i know are the biggest walking dead haters like they were like no this episode was amazing i was like see told you yeah exactly and, and you know what it, it's kind of funny because like just to bring up the end stinger basically where they where they go into the time jump thing mm-hmm. but, but right after right after that that whole scene with maga magna and they introduce the rest of the crew um they do like a little montage of what's to come oh yeah it and looks amazing it, it just it just i just had to write down that i had to kind of get a little detailed with because i mean when it comes to sneak peeks you kind of just want to you want to blow them up and say okay what's that about wait what what are they doing there who's that um, but you know they Carol had the has a dog. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but they had media quotes as well. Like, oh, this is like the best t- uh, TV show on uh, yeah, yeah. Show on TV and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that was really cool. Like, I mean, and it, it kind of it's kind of true. Like, it, I mean, if you've tuned out, there's no better time to kind of tune in. This is a good time for you to come back into the fold. Yeah, give it another chance. Kind of, I really do think people should watch the the first five episodes just even with no context because yeah. it does catch you up. Yeah, it does catch you up. You can watch the first five episodes without having seen like the past couple of seasons if you tuned out. Like you, you'll be, you'll still be good. Yeah, you'll, you'll definitely be good because, I, and that's kind of like a cool thing about the show. You, you know how some shows just kind of forget about previous characters and just move mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. The show doesn't do that. It um, it bothers, and mm-hmm. so they bring up everything. They bring up Herschel. They bring up everybody that you may have seen from all, mm-hmm. all yeah, all seasons, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Starting from like with Shane, and then moving on to Herschel, season two, season three. Mm-hmm. Did you make it to season four? No, right? Herschel. Um, no. I, well, actually, yes, because I think the 
that arc with the whole uh, with the farm and the governor and all well not the farm but the the governor i think it ended in season four right it, which kind of are ooh, yeah mm. i think it, i think herschel's death was the mid-season finale of season four right because he was the road to terminus oh was it the mid-season oh i think so i think the later half like the part b of season four was the road to terminus and the season premiere of season five was when they blew up terminus you mean Carol? Carol, mean, exactly. Exactly, Carol. That was she, all her. It was all her. <laughs> Love her. Yeah. How could you not? But yeah, that that's really cool and so true. Like, so you have season one and two uh, with Shane. You got all the way to four with Herschel, and then from then on, uh, from the prison, we, it, we have Sasha too. Mm-hmm. So we kind of carry that through all the way to season eight, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So three people that kind of dictate, you know, that that have been with Rick throughout, and then kind of. So, I mean, the, the point being, though, is that if you haven't tuned in or if you've tuned out within any of those seasons, you'll know who these people are. Um, for the most part, they'll catch mm-hmm. you up. They'll tell you what it's all about. They'll remind you of who we lost. I mean, they make a really pointed effort of characters past, which mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't really I'm not used to seeing in, in classic television, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and making you feel something. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all the feels and all the dream sequences. And, and what does it lots, mean? Lots of dream sequences. Can we talk, though, about the first scene before the credits, just him getting himself off of the freaking, like, rebar? I could barely watch that. Oh, right, right after the first sequence? Yeah, Yeah. I could barely watch that. Oh, that was awesome. That was like, it was just, I was literally punching my fists. It was that good. I mean, good for him, obviously, but I was like... (laughs) Good for you, Rick. You did it. (laughs) I was like, yeah, Rick is gangster as hell but i was like oh man like i I spoke with my friend about it and she was like i don't know she's like would i just kind of like lay there and die i don't know (laughs) i mean sincerely i just i wouldn't i just it would be done i'm too short i'm also too we're both too short hey it doesn't mean that we have to give up (laughs) no i I could just see myself doing it be like "Ah, i can't can't reach the rebar above me And, and and how like how long was that rebar? First of all, we pro- were probably so small that we wouldn't we wouldn't have gotten impaled in the first place. Oh my god! We'd just be like, "Ow, stupid oh, horsey!" Oh god, that was painful though. I was like, "God that bless scream. you, Rick, Rick Grimes," because that was oh. tough. I love how um, when Andrew Lincoln uh, when, when he did when they did the recap, and and again it was him again saying last time on Walking Dead or The it Walking was. Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. But yeah, they showed they showed that scene to kind of remind you where he's at. Yeah, and we pick up exactly where that left off. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It it was it's just hilarious. I'm sorry because uh, it, it's not hilarious. It's just like it's just this agonizing like screaming. It's like it's horrible. It's, it's, horrible. it's, it's blood curling. Oh god, it's so bad. Oh, and then it, and then him kind of getting. It, you know what's funny? It's like they usually show the other side where the rebar comes out oh, uh, um, from the back, let's say. But no, they showed the front. Oh. Like where the rebar was disappearing into him. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> it was just—it was horrible. That hey, was- I am the dark too, by the way. Sorry. Oh my god. Hi. Yeah, yeah. that was just. Oh, that was that was bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was a, that was a little too gruesome, too some. <laughs> that was definitely the most gruesome part of the episode for sure. Like yeah. right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was, oh I am the dark thing is heartbreaking. By the way. Uh, yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was that scene, though, that was just painful, man. Like, I felt that pain. I was watching it, and I was like, oh, man. There were, I mean, there were quite a few painful scenes in here, and we'll get to it, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're like it's like all different stripes, the rainbow of pain. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's up? 
but ending on a high note. So. Oh yeah, I mean, like, even that scene with Herschel was kind of like not not like necessarily a high note, but like just like it, he's like comforting all of us. He is. He is. That was that was good. Although I think my favorite hallucination was definitely the Shane. Shane one. I figured it would be. Yeah. There's, there's just something about, you know, tapping into the right kind of rage, right? Yeah, well, Shane was the original, like, badass, you know? Like, yep. Shane was already there before Rick was there, yep. you know, which goes with the stuff that he was saying, like, hey, you know, I take full credit for some of the stuff you've done, like, <laughs> fighting the throat out of the claimers, like, killing, you know, hacking the, the termites in the church, you know? Like, that was savage Rick during that time. That was all during the same season, actually, or, like, pretty close to it, like, four and five. I mean, it was just, like crazy you yeah, know like but, but one rage rage but Shane was already rage. there Shane was there in like season one like he was already there you know oh yeah I mean he established his presence and it, it kind of lasted throughout the entire show I mean it's still you, we still talk about I mean in fact we do you remember talk when we talked Shane. about him like last year and how mm-hmm. like just just like the murder coat and every time you think of the murder coat that Rick wears mm-hmm. when he's about to murder um you think of Shane uh, yeah, you and can't it, not. Like, and it's like a running joke with people. It's like, oh, don't go full Shane, you know, because it's yeah. like Shane was a, you know, was a scary badass dude, you know, like. But at the same time, you're just like, I mean, how many people were excited to hear that Shane was going to be back on the show? It was like, oh my god, Shane! Like, I was amped. I was like, Shane, Shane's back. Oh god, yeah, and yeah, like ever ever since we heard it, we're like, how's it going to be? What is going to happen? What do, what do we do? Uh, like, how is it going to show up? Oh, is it going to be like one of those dream sequences? Oh, I was like, oh yeah, it's like, it's got to be a dream sequence or hallucination for yeah, sure. I mean, what did you guys think? I mean, what, what did you think it was going to be? <laughs> yeah, there was no other way. I was like, well, Shane's dead. So this is the only way that he can come back. I mean, like, what did he miss? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did he miss killing the Walker version? Uh, Carl, actually, right? Yeah, it was Carl. Carl was the one who took him out. Yeah, holy crap. Um, but yeah, it, like even when Negan came out as, as the bad guy, you know, and we compared him to Shane. We compared Rick to Shane. How would Shane deal with Negan, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Scorched Earth. And so, you know, there you go. Yeah, Shane would have been balls to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> he would. He'd probably, he'd probably say it like that, too. Pretty much. Uh, what was I going to say, though? Uh, oh, yeah. But yeah. One of the things about the scenes that I wanted to talk about, like, and I kind of wanted to cover it now mm-hmm. um, because and because I want to I want you to notice it when we go through each one of them is that the first thing that that something or somebody says kind of is what's your wound? Yes. And I caught that immediately. Right. And I as, was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this this is something. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see your hand movements. I can see you holding yeah. your finger up and saying, "This is something." Yeah, that's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. I was like, "No, no, no. This is something. This is relevant." Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the one thing the one thing I noticed about each one of those people's voices um, is that it's a different character. Obviously, you recognize Morgan right away because that was the first time somebody said something that he said that. Mm. Like, What's your wound? You know and. Mm-hmm. But the the other voices, I watch the show with subtitles, mm-hmm. so I know who each one of them is. Um, so okay, so the first one obviously is Morgan, but the second one, mm-hmm. Lori, Lori. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the third one isn't clear, and this is in the Herschel scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's Beth. Hmm. I mean, at least I think it's Beth because uh, it doesn't really say who it is, but it's it's Beth. Let's mm. let's be real here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the um your favorite um character on the show was in the um was in the you know the hospital scene where he emerges and he goes out the doors yeah and sees all the dead bodies so he. Yeah. 
it, the, your favorite person is Abraham. Oh, it was Abraham who said, what's your wound there? Yeah. Interesting. That's kind of nice, right? That is nice. Now, which was the episode that Cudlitz directed? Was it the, just the last one or is it the one no, before? No, I, th- I think it's the one coming up. Oh. I think it's episode yeah. six. I don't That's think it's... pretty great. I think it's episode six. Now, I have a question to ask um, mm-hmm. before we start Before we start the show <laughs> again. Um, <laughs> do we have any idea whether we're going to see Lauren Cohan in the next episode? I am venturing to say no. That's I think interesting. it's going to be explained away from what oh, I've heard. Wow. Okay. That's something to talk about. Um, I think it's, uh, I mean, it's interesting, but I mean, I think that they might've not had too much of another option in terms of how to do this, you know, cause it's, it, it might've been too much to the big pageantry for two people, you know, like, I don't know. I, I, I think, I mean, I had theories going into this and the helicopter was definitely part of it. I thought that potentially she was going to go off in the helicopter too, but um, I think that they're just going to honestly just kind of explain it away and just kind of say that she decided to take Georgie up on the Commonwealth right? and, and scout it out, come back with information or whatever, you know, like so that it's still kind of open-ended. It's not a, a closed deal, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, on this show, everything is kind of open-ended. I mean, we it's so open-ended on this show that we don't even count people out until we see a body. <laughs> So. I said that when he blew up the bridge. Like at first we just kind of like, and I say we, like my husband and I, we just both kind of sat there like silently, like watching it. And I was like, oh, and, and my husband Eddie was like, that's weak. And I was like, no, I was like, no, 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 no. If there's three minutes left to the show. That's a long time. And then when they it's long start, enough a time to, to do something. Yeah. And, and a lot came after that point. Did it not? A lot happened after yeah, that. Yeah, enough of a shit ton in three minutes. In three minutes. <laughs> to get to, as soon to, as they showed the river, I was like, there's the river. And then I was like, that's him. That's him on the shoreline. There he is. I think I nearly ripped his arm out. I was like, look, he's on the shore. He's alive. <laughs> I'm right. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> So, oh man yeah it was just really funny that his reaction right away was like weak <laughs> <laughs> which i would have it's perfect because so many people said that by the way no i would have agreed with that if that's how he went down i would have been like oh come on really like i mean it would have been it would have been a case closed yeah it's it, fine or it could have been it. right yeah but it's like no it can't end like this it's just too too pretty in a way you know what i mean it's <laughs> like it would have been too like and he said, well, it would have been too perfect himself for the good of everyone. B and you know, it's like it would have been too like okay, you know, instead of like no, 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 there's more. Like, <laughs> oh, there's more. It's like uh, uh, okay. Plus, it's like Jadis was a part of the episode, so I'm like, you're not going to throw in Jadis unless she plays a role in all of this. And Jadis's association is the helicopter. So where's the helicopter? The helicopter needs to touch down now. No, then, we've waited too long. We've waited a season and a half plus. No, we've been waiting since season one. That helicopter has been there since season one. There are. There's Wait, images of, yeah. Talk to me more about this. In season one, there are images of like Rick is still in his hospital robe or hospital garb. Like, and then there's one scene where he's like stumbling around outside, like, I think right after he gets out of the hospital trying to get his bearings and there's like a helicopter. I mean, there's nobody in it, but like, look, these helicopters are in existence. Government is still around. Oh, you're saying helicopters in general though, but like in general, I mean, I don't know. One though, or cause I mean, I mean, it could have been part of the same thing. Who knows? 
It all, I mean, could, it all could have been a dream. We'll find out in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Well, I mean, that kind of brings us to the beginning of the episode, too, because the first thing you see is the, the crows in the distance, right? As we've right, seen throughout the show. Him, right, because he's talking to himself in the hospital bed. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, kind of, right. He's but having that hallucination. <laughs> yeah, he's talking, right, he... Current Rick is talking to comatose Rick yeah. in the hospital room. It's a season one Rick, right? Right, exactly. Wake up. By the, way, name, wake up. by the way, Miss Mayo. By the way, that is legitimately true, by the way, the whole waking up thing. Have you ever done that to yourself? Like waking yourself, like your psyche wakes you up? Um, yes. I've had one of those dreams where it feels like I'm awake. Like your dream centers around your bed and it's literally, literally the viewpoint from your pillow kind of thing. No, I've had dreams where it's like I'm in it. It is like a dream you're sequence. You're looking at yourself? No, no, not at all. Okay. Like, like it's just like a normal dream. Not that you're like looking like intro, um, like you're being introspective or anything like that. And like, no, it's like a regular dream. However, it starts to veer into the area that it's going to be a nightmare. And something inside me kind of recognizes the fact that like this is going, to, this is going in a bad area. And something inside me tells you like, wake up. And I will oh. wake up, you know, before oh. things get bad. Yeah, yeah. But, well, you're, well, you've kind of almost had to literally shake yourself to get you, get you up. Right. Like something inside you kind of like shakes you to say like, wake up, wake up right now, you know, and you wake up. Come on, mommy, you have school. Um, <laughs> no, I usually re- I, I relied on my mom mostly. So no, I, I know what you mean. Though, but <laughs> the psyche, the psyche is yeah. very strong. I'm just saying. Except when it's not. <laughs> And let me just tell you, there have been dreams where I've tried desperately to wake myself up, and that's terrifying. It's like when you're too deep. Yeah, I can imagine that would be terrifying. No, I, I, yeah, I don't know. The psyche is a powerful thing. Yeah. But yes, that's a prevalent theme throughout this episode, him waking himself up on, or maybe not him, but like the, the, um, the spirits around him of his love, former loved ones, just kind of keeping him moving, you know, pushing onward. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you're. Like you're talking about the psyche in terms of like that, well, that part, first scene, the part of him that gets him to move on. Yeah. You know, yeah, the walkers won't let me sleep. That's funny. Um, yeah. But Miss Maisel points out, by the way, that the, there have been helicopters in season four and eight. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They exist. Yeah. I just. I've been uh, saying it forever. Yeah. They do exist and they, they've never more existed in eight. And then obviously now in nine and it's kind of like. I mean, it's, it was like on the freaking poster for like nine. Yeah. Yeah. You can see it on a little background on our, mm-hmm. on our web. Is it on our website? I'm not sure. Yeah. It depends on if you're a desktop or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that helicopter is significant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's there. I mean, that's why it's there. That's why it's there. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but the whole thing about speaking of helicopters, is okay, the crows kind of turn into helicopters in yes. this dream sequence, which is kind of interesting because it's kind of like what you said, you're saying about the psyche. It, it makes you, it makes you recall things about <laughs> things you've seen that you just can't explain. It has to insert itself there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. It's Rick psychic. Tell us. No. Plus, the other thing that I interpreted too, is that like, even though he's hearing like, what's your wound from like these various loved ones in the past, like I interpreted it as like that. That's what he's hearing when he gets into the helicopter. Oh, that's a like, really good observation. That's, that's that's how I interpret it. Like when I first heard like, what's your wound? I was like, that's the people in the helicopter. Like this is manifesting itself in like different voices. But that's basically like what he's hearing in the helicopter, because obviously they want to know, is this a walker injury, like a walker bite? Or is this like a, you know, another wound or whatever? So they know how to treat it. So when I heard, what's your wound? I was like, he's in the helicopter. Oh, they should have done that though. Like so literally just have the guy, not even, you don't even see him, but you hear that like, what's your, what's your wound? 
Yeah, that's how I interpreted. Like in my mind, as soon as I heard that, I was like, that's really cool. That I don't know. That's how I interpreted it. And then, but the, you know, it's like, they're not going to show the actual helicopter people because obviously they're trying to keep that shrouded in secrecy. <laughs> of course. I mean, I don't even think they know where, <laughs> where they're going to go with this. I'll tell them where they need to go with it. I'm like, look, <laughs> Like, well, you're never going to, we're never going to know unless you quit your job and work on set design for Uh, The Walking Dead. Okay. I have a, I have a, um, conditional, right? Okay. Uh Uh So would you work on The Walking Dead? Like if they offered you The Walking Dead to work on the sets and all that stuff and props Uh and stuff, Uh if you had to work on Fear the Walking Dead. (laughs) How how is the health insurance? <laughs> so, so you have a conditional too. I have a conditional too. I have a family, so the health insurance benefits are very vital to my decision making. Full health, come on! It's it's Full the health, walking. Like, they got the AMC money. They have that. I know they do have that AMC money. That's true. Dollar uh, dollar bills, y'all. I mean, for the right benefits, you know. <sighs> You got that Walker cash. <laughs> I, I know. It's like. And that cool like, merch. Cool merch. Yeah. Have you yeah, seen man. the crew stuff? It's insane. I know. But, you know, in my world, benefits are like vital. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a child. I, I don't know what I'm thinking. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. But it's like AMC wants me to work on set design. That would be awesome. You want me to help you write some episodes? That would be awesome. Angela King, you are the woman. But the benefits, you know. Yeah. That shit needs to be tight. I mean. <laughs> I mean in the words of uh, actually I, I forget who says this but fuck you pay me <laughs> it's just that I kind know, of I don't, I don't know where that came from I, I forget where that's from no I know exactly that saying but I'm like I don't know who you know what I think it was Rihanna <laughs> no no it's further back I, I forget it's some some sort of goddamn comedy movie but anyway oh, okay um <laughs> moving along fuck you pay me um but, but yeah I mean everybody okay we're gonna put a poll up <laughs> that basically says should carol quit her job at blank um in favor of pursuing my dream of her going on the walking dead building set designs it would mean the end of this podcast in some form or fashion but i know because i'd have to sign like ndas and i wouldn't be able to like even commentate on anything yeah yeah i mean i eventually it's going to be one of the situations where i'll be like come on carol it's dave it's your old friend Like no I'm like man, in a back alley. It's like no man. These people are gonna like come after me if I give away anything. Come on for the fans. Come I, on. I will, Meanwhile, there's no say, podcast anymore. I will say that like they, this show has its problem with leaks, but I am shocked that they were able to keep the ending as secret as they did. Yeah, I'm very surprised that they were able to keep that. Like for as much as they've released information about like the new characters and this, whatever that piece, they kept very tight lipped. I guess if you flood the internet with information, enough information to make them kind of like, Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like getting a barrage of punches and you're like, you're so punch drunk with information that you don't even bother to look in any deeper. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, (laughs) it might've been all strategic. It might've been all strategic on their part. It's like, you know, we're going to like, give away all this information that you're not even going to pay attention. You're, you're going to be shocked when this comes out because you thought you knew everything, but actually like, nah, we still have, you know, a few aces up our sleeves that we didn't, you know, we didn't show our full hand, you know, which I'm glad I'm, I'm, I was sincerely, I was sincerely surprised at the end, very happily and sincerely surprised, which is rare. Like we don't, it doesn't happen as, as much on the show as it did once before. So it's, it's nice to be surprised. 
Oh yeah. That this whole these whole like five episodes have been really just really mm-hmm. nice twists and turns and Yeah, where you're just like, "Oh, I didn't think we were going to do that, but okay. All right." <laughs> yeah, I mean, in in like it just dovetailing off of our last episode, like think of all the decisions that people have made in previous seasons that we've mm-hmm. had either qualms with or um or, or there's like this shouting match across the internet like okay oh you shouldn't have done this or you shouldn't have done that well right. this was great no it wasn't great he, right it caused this and and i mean in, in between that and people leaving the show like leaving the show right. like, like stop watching the show and stuff like that but like this this season so many like risks but but like worthwhile risks between like killing gregory and i mean which i mean i don't think i've seen anybody say oh that wasn't you know i don't agree with that no everybody agrees with that but like the ramifications of that and then how mm-hmm. they deal with that and how they swing back and forth between i'm with mm-hmm. maggie i'm with um i'm with mm-hmm. rick but even mm-hmm. then like you could see the other person's point and that's really cool yeah it's rare no. when, you, when you when you can't like when you're part of a tribe it's good writing it's good writing good solid writing yeah exactly exactly and and but you can see where the risks were or, or the um like, I mean, we're talking about like philosophical issues like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, do you kill? Do you not kill? You know, does does two wrongs make a right? Oh, all That's this insane. stuff. And how she right. executed that. So brilliant. I told you, Angela King, freaking knocking it out of the ballpark. Uh, and just and to think that she was she was um, uh, showrunner. What was it season five, four? I can't remember which. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of pressure to keep this show going. It's like how, you know what it is? It's like every season is trying to outdo the last one. And, sure. And, and like, it, like it is with the entertainment industry, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like pinch hitters or even like uh, relief pitchers. You know, like, mm-hmm. okay, you can throw your best people at the first season two, mm-hmm. maybe three, but then eventually like, okay, we, we need some fresh blood. We got to keep this going. Right. So it's just, you know, I, I can see like if, if this wasn't like TV, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'd be just so much more pressure. I hear you. Yeah. So, I mean, or so much less pressure. Sorry. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Wake up, asshole. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he wakes up. Yeah. Asshole. And he yeah. frees himself on the rebar. Right. And then, you know, gets on that freaking horse. By the way, the memes on the horse were hilarious. The what? On Twitter. The oh. memes on the, on, for the horse, the, the Twitter... You know I love color commentary off Twitter. Like oh. it just, it, I'm, I'm, I'd crack up over it. I'm like, this stuff is hilarious. But yeah, people had a lot of problems with the horse. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, kind of shitty horse dumps somebody on rebar. Yeah, they were just like, what? they were like, oh my god, this fucking horse. Like, yeah. just, like I, I think you need to assemble your best ones, and and then we'll just throw them into the video or something. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It was it was pretty funny. Just for but fun. But no, he finds somehow the energy to get on this horse as he's has a mortal wound yeah and starts to lead away this herd and then we get to the credits and all that and then we come back and we got jadis with the rv by the way or i, I, not, yes. I it wasn't clear if it was rick's rv because you remember no. there was it was the last time if if you watch talking dead they had like yeah. uh, their little points or whatever the last time we saw it was with heath and tara Oh, Heath and okay. Remember when Heath disappeared? That episode, they went on a run, so they weren't there for the assault on the satellite station of Negan. Okay. Or no, they were. They were, but they left immediately thereafter. They weren't there for the lineup. Like right. Tara and Heath were in. Um, you know, they were. They they went on a on a run. You know, and right. that's when like they 
you know, had their issues and, and encounters and, and Keith disappeared or whatever. But it makes me wonder, like with that, I was like, okay, well, wait a second. So if, if Jadis has the RV, what does that mean about Heath? Right. I mean, you know, Heath is out there. Like he does, Heath will be back. Like he'll be back some way, shape, or form. Wait, but all this means is that here's what that means. That means Jadis is responsible for what happened to Heath. Potentially. Oh, for sure. So then Heath might be with the government. He's good. As a B. Potentially as a B. <laughs> or as a Jack Bauer. It is fine. <laughs> B is for Bauer children. <laughs> he is for Bauer. He was yeah. Jack Bauer. But for so. serious, we I mean, we find out kind of definitively that a B is a person and an A yeah. is an it. So it, she kind of refers to A as an it. I have it. I thought that an A is like a stronger person and a B is sort of like a lesser person and that Rick is a B because he's injured. Yeah. He's not quite an A. That's very classist of you, um, Carol. That's life. Life is all class systems, <laughs> like whether we like to admit it or not. What if silver was first place, Carol? We, li- we like to feel like we're in a free society, but we're not. <laughs> I like to make the rules up as I go. Like, yeah, no, we're, we're in the caste system. We just don't know it. I guess. So. I, but I mean, apparently this is so, so. Yeah, I know I, my reasoning for thinking that is because the conversation that she had with Gabriel episodes before where she tries to convince him to go with her and he refuses and she says, oh, um, all this time I thought you were a B, but you're really an A. Yeah, so, I see what so you're saying. So it's like, okay, so if you thought he was a B, but now he stood up to you. So now that makes him an A, like because he was defiant and like strong. Like, so now he's an A. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm guessing that like, I don't know. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but it's like human trafficking. That's what's going on. It <laughs> boils down to something very illegal. It boils down to yeah. like human trafficking for resources. It's it like is modern day slavery. Look, it is. What, no, it's not slavery. They're living like kings. You don't know what's going on. on. They're living like kings. Maybe that's yeah. the currency in whatever this is i mean we're, we can't i don't even think we could say with confidence this is like the commonwealth it, it depends on how they approach it they could potentially approach the commonwealth as a separate kind of entity altogether or they could make the common i mean my personal thought is that the commonwealth is is like an going umbrella is going to be part of the movie like i think that the show yeah. is going to handle the storyline with the whispers because in the comic book these things are happening concurrently so you can have a movie with Rick and deal with the Commonwealth because Rick and and certain members of our crew do venture to the Commonwealth while the other people stay behind in Alexandria and deal with what's going on there. That's true. It kind of makes sense, especially because the Commonwealth is a much more grandiose, bigger scale sort of community that it kind of lends itself more to a movie sort of approach. It's not so, you know what I mean? It's just on a much bigger scale and it's much more elaborate and that kind of works better as as the movie, you know, kind of like in the age of HBO where you where you know every episode is a freaking movie. Like Game of Thrones is like a movie episode and Westworld is like a movie and episode. I mean, it's just you know, to that level. So I think that that particular storyline from the comic book with the Commonwealth and the government and like the extent of what they have and how they live, like that or the or their roots, you're saying? Well, basically, like they they have resources like beyond just sort of like, oh, we have water and we have agriculture. It's like, no, we have a Starbucks. Like we have like, you know, we have like swimming pools, like, no, like they live well, like, you know, they, they live very comfortably and they, yes, it's in this sort of bubble, but they, 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 
look, like I said, the mother of all bunkers. That's basically what it is. And Are you paying I, attention, Dave? It's the mother of all bunkers. Starbucks, man. And it exists probably right now. Well, I mean, I did hear another uh, name, and that was the New World Order. That's the Commonwealth. Oh, son of a bitch! This yeah. is like this is like what you get when you when you live in the dark. <laughs> Occasionally, yeah, uh, yeah. As they the old people say, you pull a boner, and that's just means that you just oops, I you know it was it was wrong. No, I mean it's that's basically what it is. The new world order is essentially the the ruling party of the Commonwealth. And oh, they, um, like a like a political party, I guess. Yes, I'm telling you, it's Whoa. very political. And so the there are factions. They are factions, and the reason that some of this human trafficking occurs is because <laughs> they only allow certain people to enter their society if they feel that you would be a useful contributing member of society. We're not saving everybody. The government's not saving everybody. Like, oh I'm yeah, sure obviously. If you are, if in, if before all of this went down, you were a musician, you're kind of screwed, you know? However, <laughs> you have to have practical skills, stop right, dreaming. Right. Yeah, basically like, I mean, in the comic book, I forget what Eugene did before the apocalypse. I don't know if he was like a teacher or some, I don't know what it was, but like, I think that it's kind of made known that like they don't want Eugene, but they do want Michonne because Michonne was a lawyer before the apocalypse. So because Mm. Michonne actually has, that's why they keep showing Michonne working on the charter and stuff like that, because Michonne was a lawyer before all of this. So she is the most equipped to be able to, you know, develop a a government, let's say, you know, because she's a lawyer. She was a lawyer. So the Commonwealth wants some people, not all people, if you, and which is maybe why they, they divide it up into A and B. Like you need to be able to contribute. And that's, but, but once you're there, I mean, you, you live very well because they're living very well. But so, ba- so basically bees live very well. Is that the, bees. if you want to like boil it down, I guess. And maybe but if you're a C, no. Is there a, there's a C? No, I'm saying like if you're anything below a B, like they just don't want anything to do with you. You have to be an A or B. Mm, okay. So basically, I mean like servant class versus contributor class. Class, class yeah, it's a class system. Oh boy. And I mean, the assumption could be that like the A's are, I mean, I don't know. Okay. Well, I mean, we beat this horse to death. <laughs> Not Rick's horse, unfortunately. Um, horse. A horse is a horse, of course, unless it's Rick's and then it's hamburger meat. Um, <laughs> if yeah, that, horse, that horse survived. Yeah, I, I have to say that horse kind of uh, made up for its past indiscretions. Yeah, no, it I mean, too little, too late, son of a bitch. Got but... him all the way to the campsite. Yeah, yeah, that's, that that is true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, what was they on? Oh my gosh. Um, oh yeah. So by the way, so when they veer off, when Rick mm-hmm. veers off with a horse on the side side road, or mm-hmm. be on the mail, mailbox cardle. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, did you look it up? Because I did. The name Glanville. <laughs> uh, cardle. Card Cardville. Or something like that. Yeah, James Carville. Something <laughs> no, like that. But that was from uh, Night of the Living Dead. You nailed it. How did you know that? Because I watched Talking Dead. Oh, I must have missed that. I actually looked mm-hmm. into it. It's um, Lori Cardle. Um, mm-hmm. She was an actress and producer on the original Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, well, which... remember this episode was directed by Nick, Greg Nicotero. So of course. I mean, you know, yeah, he was raised on that. So I think. Well, I think he did the same thing in that episode where with the with the truck and the gas tank in the back room. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and it's very possible that um, Rick's wife, original wife, um, was but named Lori. after Lori. Cardell. Oh, 
maybe. It, it seems to be the case. It's the same spelling. Oh, so it could be. Oh, oh just to let Ms. Maisel know, uh, we record at least once a week um, on Wednesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, by the way. I mean, thank you, too, by the way. I'm so happy you're here. Yeah, thanks for joining. Yeah, this is what we do. We just break things down until um, we're either annoyed by ourselves and then we move on. And then we'll, and then we'll like, go okay, on tangents, by the way. It's just incredible. But I'm trying to like keep the horse you know, on the straight and narrow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll beat the horse to death. And then just like in this episode, uh, it'll make up for it later on down the road. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we'll just keep it moving. And, and as they tangent off to that Cardell residence. Um, no, but before that. Oh, there's something before that. Well, I mean, we see him, we get that shot of him walking or, or on the horse, like as if he's going into Atlanta, but instead like he's got the horde of like walkers trailing behind him. We get a lot of imagery, obviously, I, in this episode. Oh, yes. You know what? I, I titled this uh, section wrong. <laughs> I titled it Rick and Shane already. I was like, okay, let's let's move on. But it is. This yeah. is the point where like Shane gets introduced. Like he's going into like Atlanta and eventually like he this is like the Shane sequence basically yeah and, yeah that's kind of why I titled it that and like you get the idea because like of these two bodies that are in this shack right you know and and it kind of like it for some reason it made him think of that shootout because it looked yeah. like there was a shootout yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. uh, with the bullet holes and that the guy's like dead in the in the back exactly. and stuff like that. it also looked very similar to that scene in season one when um there's a scene in the in in season one, I don't know if it was in the pilot, maybe it was in the pilot, when he is, um, after he leaves Morgan, and he's trying to kind of find people, and I think he was looking for gas, and he goes to this house, and he looks in the window, and there's like a dead woman on the floor, and I think the, the husband's in like this, in the recliner, like he shot himself or something, and I think they wrote on the wall, like, you know, God forgive us or whatever. Oh, that's definitely first episode. I think that to me, it felt like a sort of like, I don't know, homage or nod to that first episode. Oh, God. And when there's like lots of scenes like that, too. Well, there's lots where people like ritually kill themselves to Mm -hmm. protect themselves from being eaten. And then they turn themselves. It's very irresponsible. Well, no, if you shoot yourself in the head, then it's different. That's true. It seems like which seems like that's what it was. But no, the Shane sequence was amazing. I, I loved the conversation. I loved the dialogue between the two of them. It was very Shane. Like the stuff that he was saying, I was like, this is awesome. When he was like asking him how his little girl was, I was like, this is Shane. <laughs> Such an asshole. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. You know? It's great. It's awesome. You know, and I loved them just kind of talking like two buds, you know? And- yeah. Especially because like, you know, the past of the, I mean, look, when you die, it's like you remember like the the good times, you know? And yeah, the you thing- can't keep and- dwelling. And I like the fact that like, you know, that Rick basically, you know, was kind of, I mean, he apologized to like all these loved ones that he sees, you know, for not doing more, but he apologized to Shane for doing what he did, which is, you know, killing him. And, you know, (laughs) you know, and, but Shane's like, Hey, you know, I would have done the same thing. You did what you had to do, whatever, like, but he, he took credit for that even. He's like saying that, that was like, he's like, he dug deep and did. Yeah. He's like, you know, Basically, he says that, you know, he inspired that side of him, that that rageful, like he was the one who basically kind of inspired Rick to be able to to connect with that side of him, that it was always in him, was always there. And that's what he says. He's like, I knew I had it in you. I knew you had it in you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you got to keep using that, like, at least in the meantime. Right. To get you through that anger, that rage, you know, like pull from that to kind of keep you moving, you know? Yeah. I mean, and essentially it's like what you were saying in the beginning, like these are all different pieces of his psyche 
convincing him yes. to keep to moving. Move yeah, mm-hmm. to keep moving. Right. Now move on. Not move on. Don't yeah, look exactly. Your, don't look for your old family. Man, man, but that scene. But when Shane rough, turns though, to right? him, yeah. Well, when Shane turns to him, and it's like, uh-huh. it's like he's yelling at him, and all of a sudden it turns into a walker. That shit, that shit was scary as fuck. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I didn't. I mean, I was kind of like, I was already clenching my fists anyway, so I was kind of in it. But like, I'm so glad you jumped. I wish Eddie was there to take. <laughs> No, he he was. He was there the whole time. I mean, he didn't tape, obviously, my reaction. Oh, what a waste. That. I know. We should do something like that. Like the Just People's Couch. It. I told you about that show, The People's Couch. Stop. Yes, of course. I mean, yeah. I even brought it up the other day, like when we were talking about um, that show that you stuff was on. It's just so everybody knows on the YouTube, on the YouTubes and the Facebook, um, I don't get sleep. So. That's a problem. Going back to back on these streams um, two nights in a row is, is going to be well, really... Well, that's what we're trying to put a cap on, like, the tangents and everything because you can't be like going off of no sleep. I think tonight's kind of a wash at this point. <laughs> you have to set like, limits. There's so, I mean, there's so much good shit, right? I know, I know, but we can get to it while still being realistic. But I'm, I'm not, just saying. But I'm not realistic. I'm always, I'm pie in the sky. I know, but I'm living in a world of like, you know, health benefits. And health, stuff. I knew oh. you were going to say that. <laughs> so. I come, I come at it from a more, you know, different place in life. Yo, you got to protect that sleep, yo. Yeah, Dave is young at heart. I'm every bit, uh, you know, nearing the, the age of 40, clearly. I'm nearing the end of my rope. I'm, I'm nearing that magic number, man. Nearing it. Oh, we're, we're both nearing it. Nearing it. Is that a How word? Are you? I'm almost 40. Okay. So as am I. <laughs> <laughs> Back again. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, we were just talking about uh, off air, guys. You know, off air during the commercial break, we were just talking about um, turning forty. <laughs> Discuss. Nothing, nothing really exciting. Yeah, we're we're forty, and we're still, and we're. I, I don't know about we, but no. Hold on a second, everybody. Everybody needs to know something right now. Okay. If you okay. haven't been looking at our posts, not okay. not you. You just sit there and take this praise. <laughs> Just, just shut up and sit down and let me compliment you. Oh, okay, um, all right. Um, Carol's a monster, like a horrible, awesome monster. She- okay, I like monsters. <laughs> Clearly, I like Telly. Um, but this monster writes three blogs, recap blogs in one week. I haven't had time to read them. I did them in a day. I did like three in a day. I just was like, but no, I know you're writing. Not- you are not lazy. No, I'm not. I'm no, not. Like I care about my writing. I care about writing. I've always cared about writing and. And all of that it's a it's a very important pastime to me it's like you channel something you channel yeah. something inside no, you i mean how often do you get to really write you know like i mean other than like the generic emails or whatever i mean which is or text messages i mean it's a lost art you know and i i there are certain writers recap writers like not for walking dead but for other shows that i that mm. i watch that are good writers and I love reading their their stuff, you know? And it's, so there's something to be said for it. So I take it seriously. I mean, you're talking to somebody who almost changed their major from computer engineering to um, English. Just you can Eng- double major. Oh no, <laughs> I, I left school. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so I double, actually, literally, I double quit. I, I, this was my second attempt at college. So it's not for everybody. No. And you know what? It's funny. And I, I know we're tangenting right now, but I kind of need to get this out of my system. But it's mm-hmm. never been more true than today. It's like we had to have 20 years or 20 to 30 years of um, so many people shoving this idea of college down your throat. Mm-hmm. And when really, we should have just been really pushing people in the direction that they are feeling they need to go. Instead, right. we have time 
tons and tons of liberal liberal arts majors that don't know what they want to do and they barely figured out by 26 and it gets worse and worse every year yeah no definitely i mean it's like it's a, it's a waste so it's like yeah. we you have to be like honest and realistic about those kind of things yeah i mean really it's it and even like if you don't know hey miss mazel mm-hmm. even though you don't know even if you don't know where what you want to do that's okay that's, that's okay okay yeah um like by the way i don't know the- how you can next i don't know how you can necessarily expect anybody at 18 to know what they want to do for the rest of their life i mean that's a stretch i mean i have a lot of friends that you know studied the same thing i did you know being 18 you know 20 years old or whatever and some of them are still doing that and some of them aren't you know yeah and you know what though and i think i bet they're still playing this game and it's that and it's so much easier to fall into it back Mm -hmm. then than it is now but Mm -hmm. i when i was younger and i don't know if this was the same experience for you but everybody seemed to have at least or at least said they knew what they wanted to do when really they didn't yeah they really didn't it's like they had an idea and they went for it and that's fine but most people really we didn't know what they wanted to do well because most and, people don't really know what they're getting into but they don't say that and they couldn't say that and you know why because everybody Shame. else yeah it, it's, it's this game where everybody else said they knew what they were going for or majoring or whatever it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. meanwhile everybody kind of either was i don't it's not like a one-up thing it's just kind of what everybody does is like mm-hmm. oh oh i have a plan i have a plan oh i have a plan too yeah i have a plan mm-hmm. none of them had plans no <laughs> it's but we all had to pretend like we did yeah, like, we all have that to. We knew what we were doing is the point. I do that all the time. You you still do that? Well, I, I listen. There are plenty of times that I like put on the brave <laughs> face, and I'm like, "Yep, this is what we're gonna do, whatever." But in my mind, I'm like, "I don't know what the hell. I don't know if it's gonna work." <laughs> I'm like, "But you know, I gotta. You know, if I if if I act like I don't know what I'm doing, then you know, then we're really screwed." So right, because you're the one who has is the first one out the door. Like, right, I'm the one who's down. basically leading the charge. So yeah. it's like I have to. I have to at least, you know, make everyone else reassured that like, this is what we're doing and we're going to be good. Even though in my head, I'm like, I'm not sure if this is going to work, but all right, let's give it a go and see how it, how it flies. You know, it's all perception, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think what I'm trying to express to you even is that like, Mm -hmm. I think that's really the way life is. It is. By the the way, Ms. Maisel's um, about our age too. And she's saying the same thing. I'm still lost 38. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like I, and I also feel like, and I put this on my Facebook page actually it was this whole little spiel and it was like I mean I think it was it was like a little mini kind of jokey interview and it had Jennifer Lopez and I'm not really a Jennifer Lopez fan to be honest but I did like the fact that it was all about like you know you you don't have to have your life figured out by the time you're like 38 or 40 or whatever or 50 and like you you can always reinvent yourself you can always learn new things you can always switch gears there's nothing to say that you can't like i mean that we don't have to have it all figured out by like this age yeah i mean and, and i think it's it starts at like like when you're a kid but just to be mm-hmm. honest i think we need to tell our children it's okay to not know what you're doing mommy you know, like that's what have my mom would say it's like mm-hmm. it's okay not to know what you're doing mommy it's okay <laughs> um you know meanwhile yeah. it's like you have to like my mom was you have to do this and you have to do that no i don't want you to leave home no please don't apply to college in chicago please oh okay you failed that okay come home no you want to stay in chicago please come back home mommy yeah yeah it's but it's different you know like i mean also that's like a different thing. <laughs> we're talking about a different thing right now altogether you know but yeah. also like our parents generation was also very much on the straight and narrow mm. and it wasn't a, yeah wasn't like we were saying last night yeah it wasn't so much about what you wanted to do it's what you needed to do like right. my parents did what they needed to do but it wasn't so much because they wanted to do it it was like this is what they need to do in order to 
you know, be yeah. able to support their, you know, family. Whereas like now, if you start getting into what do you want to do? Well, that's a, that's bullshit, big, mommy. It's that's bu- a big, well, that's a big question. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? Like, <laughs> I, I've asked people that question. I'm like, all right, so, you know, what do you want to do? And it's like, uh, you know, like that's a tough question to answer, you know, cause that's such a loaded question. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's not an, a question that's often, and that's the thing. It's like, what do you want to do? Oh, wait, I don't know, but that's okay. <laughs> that's what no, we that's should okay. do. You that should be the response right there. No, cause you don't have to know. Cause it's a big question. You don't have to have the answer to that, but you can think about it. And oh kind yeah. Of for sure. and think, okay. Well, what kind of stuff do I want to do? Yeah. And then nurture that, whatever that right. is, just whatever that happens to be, exactly. which kind of brings us to today, by the way, cause it's kind of, it, it is the same thing. Like you mm-hmm. wake up and you get a project or you get a, a problem slide across your desk and you, you just basically figure it out mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. just start and then you see where that goes. It's kind of like this show. We kind of just started and then we kind of figured it out along the way. And look at that. We have like volume bars on our live stream. <laughs> that's, that's what it yeah, comes down to. Try things out. Exactly. That's what it is. So that's children, it's okay to not what you got to know what, but what you want to do or say, apparently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll figure it out. Just figure it out along the way. Yeah. And you know what? My mom, my mom basically said this much. She said, um, like, you know, we didn't come to this country <laughs> so that you could do what you want. Like, literally, like, no, you literally did come to this country so you could do you. So I could do what I wanted, you know, so mm-hmm. I could be free. And it's kind of like, it's just this weird dichotomy of like, you didn't suffer like we did. And it's like, oh, you have to, yeah. like, this is like, you have to do what we want because we got you here. <laughs> That, that that's the old school. That's the yeah. old school. That's uh, how it is. She's getting it now, though. She's like a really good, you know, she's really supporting me on, on this podcast journey. She sees how happy it makes me and she sees <sighs> how productive we're being. It's, it's funny. My mom feels the same way. Like, she's sort of like, um, I, I would ask her, I'm like, do you think that this is crazy? Do you think I'm a freak? And she, <laughs> but she was like, no, you know, like, I think it's great. And, you know, she's like, you have like a good, you know, you, you're very eloquent and you're very talkative and this is a good, you know, outlet and a good, you know, thing for you to do. So I was like, oh, thanks. Oh, you know what? Speaking of eloquent, and it's another thing I have to praise you for. I know that praising Mm -hmm. you was like 20 minutes ago. (laughs) <laughs> but what you guys need to know, Miss Maisel, and by the way, my friend Sharon from Australia is listening to us right now. And oh, from Australia. I love Australia, by the way. And she said, yeah, I, mean, I do too. Did you go? I went to Australia, oof, I was like 20, 27, I think it was. I had to go for work and I wasn't going to fly 25 hours across the world, you know, for a few days. So yeah. I took vacation time okay. and I thought it was going to not be that great because nobody could go with me because obviously like, I mean, even though people could crash in my hotel room, like they still have to pay for their flight and it's not a cheap flight, obviously. No. Um, but it was a great experience. Like everyone I met in Australia was among some of the friendliest people I ever met. It was so laid back. It was so chill. I spent like every day at the beach and then just sort of like exploring mostly Sydney, Melbourne a little bit because it was a quick flight over. Mm. Um, I went and visit like animal sanctuary and spend time with like, you know, wallabies and kangaroos. And I wanted to see a Tasmanian devil, but it wasn't in his cage, which was, which was concerning. But like... <laughs> I, I don't think it's the same as it is. It's not. Me. It's not. But in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, worse and worse. Because <laughs> I'm seeing the cartoon in my head but um (laughs) but it was 
no, but it was, it was some, an amazing, amazing experience. So I, I always say that I, I tell my husband, I was like, if I could take you, if I could bring you to a place that you've never been, that I've been to, that I would love for you to see it, that I would love for you to see Australia because it was such a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. You know, well, you should do it and you should do it with the kids. The thing I know the thing is that it's such a, that flight, man, my flight from New York was 14 hours straight from New York to Tokyo. Then I had a three hour layover in Tokyo. And then Oof. it was nine hours from Tokyo to Sydney. Ooh, that's I mean, rough. It is, it is rough. It yeah. is rough. I mean, we stopped off at Portland and then took the rest of the way, but that was still like 20 hours. <laughs> so. It's a, I mean, yeah, it's a rough flight. I mean, there's no way, there's no easy way. That's the thing. There's just no easy way around it. So. No, no, there really isn't. It's, you're, you're like in for a penny, in for a pound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember when I finally got to Australia, I was like in such a fog. I was like, am I here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that, that when we landed in Melbourne that day, it was just shot. There was just no way. Oh, yeah. We tried it. We went out. It was just, it was a disaster though. Mm, was um, but yeah, no, speaking of Australia, she was saying how like she's 56 and she still doesn't know what she wants to be when she grows up, by See? the way. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's never too late. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say was all credit due because speaking of your mom and saying you're eloquent is I, I wish we had the audio for the Tom Payne interview because <sighs> um, what everybody else needs to know is how killer an interviewer, uh, Carol is. She was a beautiful minding it. It was just incredible to watch. I was like sitting a there literally minding it. Yeah, like I, I was like I was looking at you and I was kind of like, Whoa. she's just going with it. No, I, I'm just going with it. I'm like, I was kind of like, like I was hoping I didn't let on to Tom that I was kind of like looking in, in, in not like in shock because I was like, where were you hiding the skill? Like. No. <laughs> No, you were the I mean, zone, man. I was, but the funny, funny story about that though is that I'm glad that I was like focused and in the zone because at one point there was a little golf cart apparently. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that went behind us. Well, uh, went behind me at least, and there was a beep. I did not look back <laughs> because I wanted to pay attention to the task at hand. You would have turned to salt, I guarantee you. And all, and it wasn't until <laughs> after the fact that I like asked Dave. I was like, "So who was in the golf cart that went by that honked?" And he's like, "Oh, that was Norman Reedus." I'm like, thank God I didn't look back. <laughs> and I like waved to him while Carol was just in the zone, like looking yeah. at Tom's dreamy eyes and go in beard. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I was kind of, I, I can't believe I, neg- I mean, with all the hubbub, I, I was like, how were you not, how are you able to kind of zone in on his face? Because he's I'm very good at, um, I feel like. At eye contact? You're a psychopath, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I hear that's no. a thing though. So I had to say. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the kind of person that like, if I'm talking to you, you have my full attention. I, because personally for me, I don't like feeling that I'm talking to somebody and they're not. I don't know, that they're sort of like, I don't know, just kind of not listening to what I'm saying, or they're sort of like distracted by anything and everything that's going by or whatever. So I've always made it a point that like, if I'm talking to you, I'm giving you my attention. And if I can't give you my attention, then I will definitely let you know, like, you know, I'm sorry, you know, whatever, you know, especially because it happens when you have, you know, two toddlers or whatever. (laughs) But if... (laughs) But if I'm sitting with you and you are there, I'm going to have a conversation with you and I'm going to give you my attention because I appreciate your time, whoever you are. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, anybody's time is valuable. So as far as I'm concerned, like, 
And I'm also, you know, blessed with the gift of gab. Like I do talk and everybody seems to kind of be aware of that. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, you know, it's one thing to have, have the gift of gab, but it's the other to kind of know how it's, it, you know, it's the storytelling gene. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have it. I'm going to say this up front. I don't have the storytelling gene. It's painfully aware when you listen to to the episodes. (laughs) I'm more color commentary. So it's kind of like, I know how to run with a a comment, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I will even beat that into the ground. But, um, but yeah, like get stay, I mean, and I can stay on track. I know how to do that. Other than that, like, I do not know how to weave a tail. Like, I don't know the beats. I don't know the rhythms. I don't even know how to modulate my voice properly, (laughs) but but it's um but it, but then it's it's one thing to have somebody be able to talk and and bs or whatever like I, you know but to be able to kind of grab somebody's attention clearly you do because this works whatever is going on here mm-hmm. so um, i i did my best he was a cool dude yeah yeah in the end like with all the weirdness that was going on behind the scenes um i know norman reed is on a golf cart he's he, right in behind yeah he kind of put up with it he was i know he was very mindful of the time that was painfully aware no yeah I mean, it was crazy. and not only that though like i think because of some of the pressures by the way mm-hmm. just to kind of give people a clue in onto who had his time pain think um i think because he was so keyed in on time it was kind of like a little bit of a distraction to him and mm-hmm. so when we started engaging him and he, st- he started really giving some i think some candid answers one of which yeah was like you know that he like it, there was a there was a conscious uh, uh acknowledgement and yeah, of, of how little screen time he had. Mm-hmm. And he's, yeah. I think he even let this out on the, like he leaked this out on the panel. He was just kind of like, he couldn't help but say, oh yeah, you're getting more screen time, aren't you? Call him Callum McAuliffe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, no, that, I mean, because hey, listen, everybody wants their moment to shine. And especially if you know the backdrop of the story behind his character, which I do. I mean, he, he's a he's huge, a big deal. he's a big deal in the comics. So it's sort of like, I've, I've been watching just, and, and waiting for that, for him to really kind of be put up on that like pedestal on that stage because it's like, no, your character is significant. So yeah. I keep waiting for you to have that moment. And I think with Rick's departure and Maggie's departure and Jadis's departure into this new medium of the movie and developing that side story, I think I think we will get to see more of him. I mean, it's basically he needs a Jesus story. And I think from the sneak peek, by the way, we do yeah. get a, a glimpse we of some get. hot moves. Yeah, which he did kind of allude to. Oh, yeah, exactly. More fighting scenes, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, it's great. It's just fantastic. Yeah. But speaking of The Walking Dead, you know, getting back to that. Yes. Oh, and, and Miss Maisel asked one more thing. How is, and actually, you could probably answer this question because I heard none of this from you. I think we were just okay. so lost in trying to get back from Walker Stalker and uh-huh. not even missing our last episode that we really didn't even talk about this and this is like a brief thing but like Ms. Maisel asked how is Norman in person like my inter- <gasps> my brief interaction with waving high as you were in the zone with Tom Payne that was kind of cool for me I could live with that and store that up uh, for winter and it'll carry me into spring but how was it for you when we met Norman Reedus uh, so me and my girlfriend because she was she came down from Connecticut because I told her like hey, we're actually going to go to Walker, Walker Stark in Atlanta. You want to come and hang out and come with and, you know, like have a, you know, make it like a little girl's weekend too, whatever, because I don't get to see her very often. And she's a huge fan. I mean, she's a huge science fiction fan in general, you know, so way more than I am. So she, this, is, this experience was long overdue for her. So she, um, she came. And first of all, the photo ops for some of these actors is insane and this was my first convention in general so it was a really eye-opening experience of like how how much these slots fill up 
how you have to, you know, sign up quickly, like all these sorts of things. I mean, and we signed up for this lot to meet Norman Reedus before we got there. We didn't wait like last, last minute, but they filled up very, very quickly. Michonne was booked. We weren't able to see Michonne. Um, Negan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Negan Guerrero, Norman Reedus, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. They were all like booked. Like it's, it was crazy. Yeah. But Norman Reedus, like we, um, he was the last one that we met before flying back on Sunday. And so it was funny because I was teasing my friend the whole time because she has a huge, huge crush on Norman Reedus. I was like, right on the other side of that curtain, he's there. (laughs) Like, (laughs) And I don't know, like I kind of went into it with no expectations. I didn't know really what to expect because, you know, I don't know, these people are celebrities, so you don't know. But he was really friendly. Like, I mean, he was like, he was in a hoodie and, um, you know, sunglasses and whatever. And he was like, hey, guys, what's up? You know, like, he was just really nice. And it was it was cool. I mean, it was quick. It wasn't anything like long or whatever. But I mean, he was really friendly and, and really nice. And I have no complaints. And I mean, we met him, we met Shane, John Bernthal. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. At that we, uh, autograph photo selfie mm-hmm. session, right? Yeah. The, the session was, that you were talking about, by the way, was the... There's photo ops and then there's like meet and greets. So that's we did, what it is, a meet and greet. Okay. Mm-hmm. We did meet and greets with, um, with John Bernthal and with Michael Cudlitz, who's Abraham. So we did that. But then with Norman Reedus, we just did the photo op because it was right. crazy. So, it's, you know, we did that. Um, Potentially, if things pan out and we still get to go to Walker Stock in New Jersey, I will dip. Well, well, first of all, my girlfriend's going to that one too. Oh, that's great. I'm so happy to hear. Well, because she's in Connecticut, so it's like easy. And we are definitely signing on to have a photo op with Jeffrey Dean Morgan because everybody that was there, first of all, the fans that were all there were really friendly, but everybody that was there was saying that like Jeffrey Dean Morgan was the funnest person to take a photo with because he gets into like characters. So if you want to take a picture, like doing something funny or whatever, he's, he's down, he's into it. Like oh, it was man, I've just, seen so many of those too. It's oh, so I, I saw so many funny photos of like, husband and wife where it's like he's all cuddled up with the wife and the husband's like ah oh, hey and like, it's just like just such funny like photos so he apparently has a huge sense of humor about it so mm. i was like that's awesome yeah totally man oh it's so great to see um mm-hmm. but there's something that i think the fans need to know and it's something okay. that you probably buried in your psyche okay but tell tell the viewing audience um what johnny bernthal whispered in your ear <laughs> You need to paint this scene out because I know it's going to make you feel awkward, but everybody needs to know this. It's just so goddamn great. And it's such a New Yorker thing, too, by the way, for him to say. He's very much a New Yorker. And I kind of forgot about that because (laughs) my no, because I have a girlfriend who um, who's still in New York. She actually lives in Brooklyn. But she ran into him in Brooklyn, like ran on the street because where and when. (laughs) <laughs> I, forget, I forget where in Brooklyn she lives and I don't know exactly where in Brooklyn she ran into him. I just remember that like she yeah, took a picture with him and it was and it was so hilarious though because like, you know, he, obviously he's done other things but like she posted the picture on Instagram and it was like captioned like, Shane! <laughs> so, <laughs> she went full um, Shane. I can she, see why. She's a, she's a big fan. Um, Dude, but, and by the way, just, just before you continue, Shane at the, at, the, uh, at the meet and greet? He had huge groups. He and stamina though. Like, he I just know, he was, went on forever. He did. And he was really friendly with like the crowds and the people. There were, there were long lines to, shoot, to see Shane. Long yeah. lines. But the awesome um, part about him was that like he, he stayed until like they practically had to kick him out. And, and, 
and then you know and the lines were shorter because people thought you know everybody else's booths were closed yeah like like johnny bernthal was just in it to win he's just and he was strong too which kind of leads us to this thing (laughs) (laughs) no he basically like he is very much new yorker so like but i kind of forget that so you know somebody like norman Reedus is like hey what's up guys or like you know somebody like michael cutlitz is like you know hey how's it going you know like and you know here comes john bernthal like from behind like his booth and he's like how you doing ma and i'm like oh <laughs> i'm like Oh yeah. What was your reaction? Yeah. I was I was kind of floored. I was definitely kind of floored. I was not expecting that. And like my friend, like she's from Connecticut, so she's not used to that element. Like (laughs) that, you know, that mm, element. That, you know, slightly kind of, you know, not thugged out, but you know, kind of like Like, sort of like a borderline cat call. I was like, kind of like a momentarily stunned it's like all right we're gonna take this picture okay the way you described it and you're not you're not doing it justice is like that you were kind of taken aback and i was super taken aback i was very much taken aback because i didn't expect it like the smile on your face as you were describing it was was hilarious to me i thought it was like like i i guess it's like i didn't I don't know what expectations I had, to be honest with you. I mean, I really <laughs> I don't know. I definitely see how that could have blindsided you. But you yeah. were blushing. Oh, my God. Because I was like, I don't know how to respond to that other than let's just take this picture. <laughs> and like in your head, but I'm married. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was just like, and, and t- my, my girlfriend, she didn't hear it at all. I was like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know what's going on. I was like, did he kind of like uh, literally kind of lean in and almost borderline whisper to you that? I don't know because I was just focused on the photo. Like, there's this person. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, I'm just sort of like, okay, we're taking this picture. And like, it happens very quickly. Like, you don't want to like take up time. So it's like, okay, where are we standing? You're standing here. I'm standing here. Okay. Then you've got this other person who's taking, you know, who's taking the picture. So it's like, you know, and it can't last very long either because you've got like a line of other people that are waiting for like their go. Oh, of course. Yeah. So you're just sort of like, okay. Like the way you were saying, like with, you know, Tom Payne being in the zone in the zone yeah in the zone exactly being in the zone but man he kind of disrupted that in the zone thing just a little just enough like what what what? i sincerely like i i I feel like he threw you off your game (laughs) just enough just enough but it was like okay we're taking this picture yeah like you hit a pothole and you're driving straight but you hit a. but i recovered recovered. recovered. yeah exactly wasn't that bad but it was bad enough no i i I think that i would be like a bumbling fool like with jeffrey dean morgan my 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 girlfriend told me she's like we have to you know this is a good convention to like get accustomed to before like getting to that realm of meeting him yeah but you know i'll tell you one thing if it helps you any if you get that way i think he's gonna find a way to kind of make you feel welcome no no that's what i've heard like he's just very like just just a very kind individual that makes you feel comfortable like you know if you are like nervous like oh my gosh here's this actor this celebrity in front of me like because i don't well i mean it's not like i meet a lot of celebrities or anything like that so it's like i don't get starstruck like oh my god you know like like that or whatever you know but at the same time it's like i don't know like you know like could that happen like if we had like a photo op with him maybe i don't know (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I just can't wait. I mean, my my goal for really Walker Stalker is to find a way to do like a sort of press situation where we have like some somewhat limited access to the guests. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I know I'm pipe dreaming it, but it's not something I haven't tried before when when I was doing college radio or like post college radio. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I've done it. So I the only thing is like the the gravity of the amount of celebrities and stuff like that, and that that could be prohibitive. But I'm wondering, and also that Walker Stalker has its own media presence too. But sure. I have seen like brandon davis has come gone back well obviously it's brandon davis so yeah yeah Yeah, he's awesome i love his coverage he is and he and like every just every year he seems to get closer and closer to everybody else to the point where i think andrew didn't andrew lincoln give him a signed yes some kind Uh uh-huh he got some sort of signed memorabilia from andrew lincoln so i'm like dude you're you're good you're solid yeah i mean seriously that's so cool that's awesome yeah and 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 to think where he came from and now where he is now just as a result of like just being comicbook.com you know yeah. and, and then having this relationship with tv in the way that he does now it's it, to have this kind of it's inspiring pull you know mm-hmm. well it just goes to show that they're not really they're not bullshitting at all about you know about how much of a family this is and they kind of let other people in like you know the dude walking dead base mateo mm-hmm. so two things about him is that um one he uh, I think he he founded Praetorian Ventures, which creates some of the the weapons, not for the show, but like like novelty weapons. Mm-hmm. Not only that, he was on Talking Dead, and he asked a question, that and and on the show, I don't know if that started everything, but like eventually, like it led to like him getting some behind the scenes action because he just got an in with um, some of the crew or something like that. But it's just That's weird right. because there's just so much love. Um, mm-hmm. Once you kind of have an in of some kind and you're involved in some sort of way with the show, they really show their gratitude that's awesome i agree with that yeah, i agree i, I do too <laughs> There's no argument for me i agree with that sentiment yeah yeah i mean hey a little love our way and we kind of did get that some of that love in a weird roundabout way you know, it was our, we dipped our feet in the water yeah. so this was our first you know entry into this universe yeah i mean it's nothing that we i mean we talked about this like on the show it's like we never really wanted to be like an interview show at all no right um or at least i didn't only because i mean the way i envisioned it was like everybody's going for the interview to kind of get the I don't know if it's the attention because it really takes away from what we're trying to do with the show is just kind of really, well, which we are kind of not doing now, but, but like breaking down the episodes and lending our like awesome thoughts. Like you're killing it in this episode too. Like some of these things I, I didn't even think of and they're so kind of cool, but, um, but that's kind of like how I wanted it to be. And like when you get somebody, when you interview somebody, it kind of, it's kind of cool and you can maybe you can make a special about it, but like, um, uh, but it does kind of take away from our already busy lives. It's kind of like, okay, we're going to spend so much effort and energy on this. And then we skip an episode where we're not breaking it down. I mean, it's something we could do probably during break. Yeah, because yeah. there is going to be a break, obviously. So something to consider. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, among like maybe doing another giveaway and then mm-hmm. get and we're going to announce like the winners. We would announce that the winners like before the midseason premiere or something like that. Right. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool. Um, I think that's a good idea. So let's think about that. Okay, I'm writing it down. See, one, see, mental note. Uh, one a week and we'll make those specials. Okay, cool. Done. Um, we'll get Jesus... We got to get Tom Payne again. We got to make up for that. <laughs> well, hey, listen, you have, you're over in, in I'm down here in Miami, so I'm, mm. I'm a little limited, but you're over there in New York City, so. Well, it, I guess it's my turn. <laughs> Time for after. Well, no, I mean, at least kind of like sow the seed until I can get up there. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm good at that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, we have our ends, so 
we'll see what happens. We'll see what can be done. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so speaking of the episode, getting back to that. <laughs> so Shane, we, we got through that scene. Yes. Okay. Which is awesome. Wake up and then he stumbles out and then. Well, yeah. Stumbles out of the cabin and like gets back on the horse that was patiently waiting outside. Yes. With this horse. And this... so um, keeps on going. Um, and... We could skip Maggie and Diane. Um, yeah. I mean. Basically, that that but the Michonne and the Michonne and Maggie scene. That's that's the key. That's key. Michonne and Negan key, and not Michonne. Well, and Negan, yeah, Maggie and Negan key. Oh my yeah. god! Like well, that's what I, I meant. Yeah, I I almost shed a tear. I I was just like. On the God. second watch, definitely. It was just like, it was rough. It was rough. Let Negan out. Like, stop it. Like, I wow. mean, I'm like, well, first of all, you know, I'm the biggest Negan apologist. So it's like, <laughs> that's number one. Like, I love that phrase. You need to do hashtag Negan apologist. Negan apologist. Like, I'm the first one to be like, no, 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 guys. Let's not forget. Guys, listen, please. <laughs> let's not forget. You killed 50 of his men in their sleep. So have a seat. Have, have a heart. <laughs> have, have several seats. Oh, because- yeah. Have an eyeball glenn's eyeball huh yeah yeah i'm like how, I'm like, how is that no. even you guys killed 50 people and he took out two but so glenn consider you no i i love glenn but you know, I know. I'm, I'm kidding i'm just <laughs> screwing with you but yeah like that scene i was just like like i i he he just he's a broken broken man you know and that was just oh good on jeffrey dean morgan like his acting is just stellar just stellar i mean yeah yeah definitely he, he's like a shell of his former self you know i mean yeah. it's oof. It by was, the way it was rough. that scene though kind of um clarifies i think what he was trying to do with michonne in the yeah. prior episode yeah mm-hmm. because it really brings home what he was really trying because it because when he was saying i was betting on the sword you know she had the sword but i but i was kind of betting on you you know mm-hmm. yeah and, and it, it all of a sudden I, it, it didn't click right away because like I thought he was just being a dick, you know, which he usually is anyway. But right, right. But it made more sense because he was not only telling him about, you know, some hard truth of his cell, himself <clears throat> and of um, of Michonne's son, Andre. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was really trying to also compare himself to her. I mean, not necessarily far off. And he's weaponizing truth. But I think what he really was trying to do was get her, get her to kill him. Yeah. Bottom line. And so yeah. that nev- that doesn't even that doesn't become more clear than when he tries to do the same thing with Maggie. Yeah. He's suicidal. I mean, look, solitary confinement is a punishment for a reason. I mean, you yeah. have this man in solitary confinement with no interaction with anybody. I mean, you're giving him the basics in order to keep him alive, but he's not, I mean, what kind of living is solitary confinement? I mean, it's not. Right. So at the end of the day, it's like, you know, the man would rather be dead at this point. Yeah. And and the thing is, the thing you need to recognize is, you see it at the end of the last episode, you know, where he hits his head against the wall mm-hmm. a little, right? Mm-hmm. But then it's never more clear because I, I didn't really, it didn't really switch on the moment where Maggie kind of <laughs> realizes this, but when she starts to put the key in, in, the, in the lock, mm-hmm. she notices that he kneels down automatically. Mm-hmm. And the one thing she knows Negan would not do is do that. Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't, she didn't have a gun. Yeah. You know, he could have, he could have stood up to her. That he was like the power. first, yeah, that was the first tell. Like when he, automatically went down to his knees Mm -hmm. she knew right then and there this is wrong something's up here like this is not Negan yeah Yeah, and that's why she told him to get into the light yeah she keeps telling him to step into the light yeah like tell the truth here man like Mm -hmm. well I mean not tell the truth but like you know yeah actually tell the truth because Mm -hmm. you're telling us truths but you're not really telling us what you really want Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right and so yeah yeah. so I can be with Lucille (sighs) 
heartbreaking. Yeah, it was that moment though that I noticed it. Like it was just crazy. Like, I, and I, I didn't notice so it the first watch. I just felt horrible for him. Yeah, mm. because I mean, by the way, you could easily dismiss Maggie and say like, okay, that's bullshit. You know, she she's she's forgiving him and blah blah blah. But like, I get it because she knows it right from the beginning, and she's smart. It's like what Herschel said earlier. Like she's smart. Mm-hmm. Like she gets it. It's kind of like something's wrong here. This isn't yeah. really Negan anymore. Right. So. Yeah. And like, and like, she's trying to push him. She's trying to push him. Like, what the hell is this? What? It, what? Mm-hmm. What are you? You're not you. Yeah. You're not you. Yeah. Ugh. I it's mean, not so ugh, bad. but like, <laughs> it's messy. It's just ah. And then also, by the way, you don't really get a good look at him in the previous episode. When no, you get, he's always in this, this like clothes in uh in a shadow. But you see his haircut, by the way. Like, it's like it's like what in the in the upcoming episodes? No, 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 not in the upcoming. Well, in the upcoming episodes, he looks fantastic. But like mm-hmm. in the in the previous episodes, it's like. Like uh, in this episode, he's like when she throws him to the ground. It's like they, when they cut his hair. It's like they're using like a like a knife, and it's it's in patches. And there's like yeah, where the blade is. It's like his skin is kind of like a little like rashy yeah. because it's, it, it's sad. He, he looks really bad. He looks yeah. bad. Yeah. I don't know if he did it himself. By the way, I don't know how that works. <sighs> I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. I'm sure like they. But he's getting punishment. Wrong. It looks like that's the thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's sad, but it it seems like at least from the previews of what we see coming up, like he's in a much better shape and it seems like he, um, uh, spoiler alert. Well, we might as well comic, say it now. In yeah. the comic, one of the big things and one of Jeffrey D. Morgan's biggest complaints about when Carl was written out of the show or killed off is that Carl and Negan have a very tight relationship in the comic book and Carl and him have a lot of heart to hearts while he's in the cell. Like Carl goes down and keeps him company and sits there and Negan imparts wisdom on him and things like that, which Jeffrey Dean Morgan was really wishing that that was going to happen. I don't know if that's going to happen now with, spoiler alert, Judas. Oh, it is. Because from, from what we see in the sneak peeks, it he's seems- definitely, yeah, it seems, I get the impression that he's talking to somebody and he looks in much better shape. Oh, he's talking so, to Judith, by the way. Is it definitely Judith? Yeah, I might as well let it out now in case we don't have time for it. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. talking to Judith. And Judith says, is the first, she says the first thing. She says, um, she brings the strangers without permission. She goes, you know, yeah. by the way, while playing with a cowboy hat, uh, with a figurine with a cowboy hat, looks like yes. Rick. Yeah. Says to Negan, let me guess. Uh, wait, uh, she says, um, what does she exactly say? She's like, I brought, you know, I, I brought some people in basically, she said, and uh, I promised to keep them safe. And she goes, uh, he goes, let me guess, you want to help him. He's literally talking. Oh, so, that's, so that is to her. I yeah. saw that scene, but I didn't realize that was to her. That he it was a little was- broken up, so you really couldn't mm-hmm. tell, but like you do see her hat in the background. Ah, okay. So by the way, it almost seems as though this was an even better decision. I think so. You know what? And that's, and that's something that I felt after the fact. I was like, you know what? Upon thinking of this over fluffy Negan, this is, this is a better way to go. This is, this is a better way to go, especially because look in the comic book, you can keep people a certain age for a certain period of time. And it doesn't happen that way in the real world because obviously people age. So Judith, now that where we are going in this story, who isn't alive in the comic too, by the way, which is interesting. It was not alive in the comic. She is basically like the same age Carl was when we started this damn show. Yep. 
Just like about. A, just about, you know, let's say nine, ten, around yeah. there. I mean, it looks like Carl was maybe a little older, but I could I be think, wrong. I don't know. When they started, he was young. Yeah. What was it like? Oh, God, I don't want to think about it. But I mean, uh, think about it. He's going to high. I mean, think about it. He's going to college now, right? That was the whole thing. Like, oh, he's going to say, like, because he's going to go off to college or whatever. So let's say he's like 18, 19 right. years old. The show's on for like damn near almost 10 years. There you go. Eight, nine. Oh, boy college cheaper scraping well she's she's she definitely is a little younger uh yeah. or just a little younger like eight seven something like that pretty close pretty yeah close. close yeah um and in the comics like he's kind of like about the age where he's, he's like courting, nine courting women or no he's oh, oh oh no in the whispers story arc oh the whisper story arc he's a teenager when he starts courting yeah exa- exactly and that's kind of like in that and then by the way we might as well continue with the sneak peeks because that kind of brings me to henry He's a teenager now. Now he specifically says, um, you told me to stand up for what's right and fight what's wrong to, um, to Carol. I didn't get a good look at him. I didn't get, like, it happened very quickly, so I didn't really like see. Well, it's definitely a teenager now, right? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a teenager. And you wouldn't know it unless you kind of put it two and two together. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. stand up for right, what's right, fight what's wrong. So then and, he's going to be the one to hook up with uh, yep. Alpha's daughter then. Yep, with Lydia. With Lydia. So it uh, looks like that's... And we kind of called that one too. Yeah, we kind of had suspicions. Yeah, and I kind of like it. I mean, I kind of like they're making this character that we... That became like a real... What's really interesting about Henry is that it didn't look like he was much and we kind of were annoyed by him and blah, blah, blah. And he kills Gavin. So that, that's interesting. And that starts the, uh, that starts like the whole me being interested with in him. But then it goes on to like, Henry becomes this symbol about, I lose people and, and I lose myself because for Morgan and then for other people on like fear the walking dead and like the idea of, is it worth trying to find people alive? You know, it's like, is like when they just end up dead and mm. that, that he's like this personification of that. And mm. then comes, this symbol on the walking dead about doing the right thing yeah so it's yeah. just, it's just really cool like you're like it's like recycling but like the most it's just it's like the perfect example of how to recycle a character like how to make them like impactful even you know in the story and he's the guy now that's that's monumental man yeah but i'm still hoping that daryl like I, well, I has mean, some sort of love interest yes i, I mean go I ask feel- aaron <laughs> You know what? It might be him and Rosita, to be honest with you, based on the Rosita oh. arc. Oh, no, no, no. Because we're going to continue on with these sneak peeks. Mm. Eugene got moves. Eugene. Got moves. He's definitely like, he's definitely evolved, but I don't know. He's killing still, walkers, dude. I know he is. And that was very impressive. But I don't know if he's at the point where like Eugene and Rosita are getting together the way they do in the comic. He I looks, mean, he looks really good. By the way, Eugene is very funny. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> No, it, like in the panels and all of that. He's oh, very funny. he's hilarious. He's hilarious. He's so funny. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if I can visualize it. Maybe, I don't know. I need to see more and kind of gauge it. But well, I'll tell me, you one thing. I'll he's, tell you, I'll, okay. I will tell you why I also think that it's not going to be Eugene. And I think why Rosita's interest is going to be Daryl. In the comic book, spoiler, Rosita does end up pregnant. Now in, I forget what episode it was this season, they're working on the bridge and Aaron is talking to Daryl about taking care of uh, baby Gracie. And he mentions to Daryl like, oh, you'll see. Like when you're going to be like, and Daryl's <laughs> just look like, oh, uh, 
And so in my mind, I thought, is this a little kind of like foreshadowing, like you're going to get Rosita pregnant? Like, <laughs> this is going to happen. Well, he, I think he's starting slowly with a dog. Oh, but hey, hold on one second. Hold on. Once. A, you might be on to something. House, and he has a treehouse too. I think that maybe Daryl will be continuing the tradition of, um, of Rick in that he will be fathering uh, Rosita's child. Yes. Because so. it seems to be that the series is lining up to get rid, I mean, to go the comics away and mm-hmm. be rid of Eugene. Um, no, Eugene is like, Eugene doesn't he? No, Eugene doesn't get eliminated, but I mean, spoiler alert, Rosita does. Oh, but maybe it's the opposite, though. Because some people are saying that. It, but that's what makes it all the more devastating. Oh, and speaking of that. It looks. It, by the way, it looks to me though. By the way, oh right, but you know what? They didn't do it with Judith, so I don't. Do you think they might do that with Rosita? I don't know. The Whisper story arcs leaves a lot of it's questions rough. that we're going to have to see because there's a lot of savage shit that goes down that I don't know if they're going to go there, if they will, if they won't. Like, I don't know. It depends. Like, this, this ain't no superhero comic. <laughs> Just tell you that I mean, much. It's, it's you know. I'm very curious to see how they're going to bring it to screen. I mean, of what I've seen from the previews already, it's, it's, it looks scary and creepy. I love it. You know, like, I mean, like when they like see like a herd kind of milling around, they're like, Oh, you know, they're just kind of milling around and see this like walker slowly turn their head. It's like, that's not a walker. (laughs) Have you ever seen them do that? No. And then like in one of the other scenes, he says out loud, but like, while the, while they're like evolving, like this wasn't a normal herd or whatever. I'm like, cause it's not, yeah, Eugene's bullshit science. <laughs> like, not, well, because how would they know that this is a group that dones the skins of walkers? How would they know? Right. That? No, of course not. And that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you're not going to be able to figure it out. It's like the wolf man. You don't know the wolf is behind you. It's right. You, just, you wouldn't know. That's why he's a wolf. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm very curious to see how they bring it to the screen. And I'm, I'm, I don't know how much of what happens in the comic they'll bring to the show because of like, is it too much? Well, you know, because I mean, some things that happen in the comic, obviously they haven't done on the show because they probably thought, you know what, it's, we're not going to go there. It's, it's, we're not, you know, right. so I don't know. So we have to see, we'll have to see what they decide. I mean, I'm sure they'll mix some stuff up. I mean, they already have, so, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'll say one thing that um, one thing that you kind of half predicted, because I do believe. uh, Do you remember what you said about the CB radio uh, at that at that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It looks that maybe Eugene has a hand in that. But it's seeming to me that both Eugene and Father Gabriel are in charge of that. And yeah, it would make sense because Father Gabriel is the one who knows where it is. And first, well, they both were there in that shack, too, by the way. Mm. Right. Right. Is what you're saying. OK, sorry. I cut you yeah. off. Um, but not only that, there's an even better reason now, because I think Father Gabriel is still looking for Jadis. Exactly. That's a very good point. That's a good That's tie-in now. There's like an excuse for him to be there. Mm-hmm. It's a good tie-in. Like he's still looking for her. Like where could she have gone? And that potentially ties into the connection with Jadis and Rick at the Commonwealth. Oh, like down the road. Down the road. Somewhere. Yeah, somewhere down the road. Not now, but right. like eventually, like there'll be, that connection will end up happening. Season 10 and a half, maybe 11, probably. Yeah, because this Whisper arc is going to be the rest of this season season into next season I, I would imagine i don't know they're, yeah. they're moving fairly quickly do they're you not, think yeah do you think it's going to be like one of those like, i don't think it's going to be like the war 
Like, like, like the, the end of season, like season seven kind of. I don't, I don't uh, think that they're going to drag it out as long as they did with that. I think that they learned like, okay, you know, even though like maybe in the comic you can get away with dragging it out, like it's very different to drag it out on the screen. Like it's just, it's too much. So you kind of have to like keep it moving. So they might make connection with the Commonwealth at the end of, well, next season for sure. I don't think that they'll get to the Commonwealth this season, obviously. Like I think it'll be like, next season whatever that connection happens to be with jadis and, and where she is and all of that i yeah. think the rest of this season is going to be whisper related for sure oh for sure it could even be like like this um you could even paint the the rest of season nine to be kind of like a lord of the fly situation you know where you have these two factions and they're just trying to get each other and then one totally slaughters the other and then all of a sudden the commonwealth comes in like the adults and lord of the flies and going what are you kids doing yeah. <laughs> like that yeah. sort of thing <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's very possible, but I think that they're going to, I think they'll drag this whispers part into next season, definitely, in order to have the relationship with Henry and Lydia and that sort of stuff. Like, I think that they, they've got to, you know, they got to have that, that stuff going on. Negan escapes, that they've got to, you know, right. do that whole thing. Um, so there's, there's different things that are going to happen that I think they'll need the rest of this season and most of next season before yeah. before the whispers arc gets kind of closed. Right, right. So, um, so I think we kind of got almost everything except for the Sasha scene. And I think after that, we're, we're good to go. Yeah. yeah, Sasha was weak. And I'll tell you why. Ooh. Like, no, it was fine. I love Sonequa Martin-Green and I, I was fine with the character of Sasha, but like, that is a scene that should have been Glenn. If Glenn right. could have stood up from those pile of bodies, tears. Oh my sobbing. God. Like if it had been Glenn, imagine if it's Glenn stood up from there and like greeted Rick and started talking. Forget it. Not a dry eye. Not a dry eye in the damn house. Yeah. But Do you think he might have been, you know what? It's interesting because he was asked if he would come back. No. And he's like very, absolutely not. not, No, I think, and I get it. I mean, especially after being at Walker Stalker Con, like he was there and he's very nice from what I gathered and what I saw. Like I didn't do a meet. I mean, he was all booked, so I couldn't do a meet and greet or anything like that with him. Right. But I mean, I, I get it. Like he wants to move on. I mean, look, he did a panel with Alana Masterson, Tara, and people call Alana Masterson Alana. Like when they have, a question when they ask him a question they call him Glenn that's true he's iconic like, in, that, in that respect I know but I mean I'm sure he's like dude like I can do more than Glenn you know what I mean Ooh. so it's like did he say that? you know what I mean no but I'm just it, I'm in my head I'm putting words in his mouth like <laughs> I'm reading like, his lips <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? It's like, I feel like, you know, at a certain point, sort of like, okay, well, that ship has sailed. So I have to, I have other projects going on. I have different things that I'm doing, you know, like I'm not Glenn, you know, I'm Steven, you know what I mean? And it's like, and other characters. And and the movie that he has out now too, I hear it's phenomenal. Right, exactly. Like he has other projects that he is very proud of. He's not just Glenn. Right. And I think like it's probably kind of annoying to him. Like other people, like you know, they call him by by their names. Alana Masterson was called Alana. Like they weren't calling her Tara. Right. You know. Um, to be fair, but, though, I think a lot of other people had um, had been. No, I think I think some people did call her Tara. <laughs> did they? Um, like most yeah. of the people I heard like called her by her name. Like, but for him, it was like Glenn. Glenn. Occasionally, there there are some people that can't let it go. But yeah, but they can't not say it for some reason. But like, yeah, like for him, it was all Glenn. Certain I think the characters are more iconic. So I I get it. It's hard, you know. Like, and he's classic too. So and I mean, he's first classic, season, you know. You know? So, how do you not? 
But yeah, the, the Sasha scene, like, I mean, it was a fine scene, but I just wish those words would have come out of Glenn's mouth. If it had been Glenn, it would have made so much more sense just because like Rick didn't have that extensive relationship with Sasha, really. I mean, you know what I mean? Like in terms of like, okay, Rick and Shane, yes. Rick and Herschel, yes. Yes. And it was like Rick and Sasha, oh, well, okay. Well, you know? I, I have a counterpoint and that's, and that's two things. Like one, okay, so just to get the Glenn thing just completely out of the way is that I, I think there's another reason why, why um, Stephen Young would be averse to that. And that's because I think he knew that he had a timeline. Like he knew his, he was going to be going, you know, obviously further down the road than probably was going to happen, what should have happened. But, you know, it, I think there's also like, you know, him being an artist, him making this movie. I mean, you start to realize that, like, you just have to respect the craft. Like there's it would just be kind of like a waste. Like Glenn is more powerful as a memory, uh, as a painful memory that pushes <laughs> these people forward. And so to have him come back. Yeah. I mean, it would be like a crushing, not a dry eye in the house. But the second point is Sasha is the perfect person to be in this memory because of what she says. And the whole point of her being in this memory is that we all do our part and Sasha's part that she had to resign herself to was, mm-hmm. her, was making the really rough decision of ending her own life in order to save the rest of them. Yeah. And that's what she was really trying to express to Rick. I mean, Glenn did not have that way out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had the reverse. It was taken mm-hmm. from him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can make the argument, you could, but you could build a narrative around um, the memory of other people propelling us forward. But what did that, it really only propelled Maggie to want to kill Negan. <laughs> Right. So yeah, pretty much. it's a tough right, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like the whole thing. And by the way, this made me fucking crazy. Um okay. What's uh Sa- what's what's her name? You know, old what's her name? Sonequa Martin Green, Sasha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She says that one thing that really drives me up the wall because Rick kind of mouths it after her, and I'm looking for this quote. Like she says, um, so he she says about people fulfilling their little parts, you know, little parts to propel everybody and ha- allowing everybody to move forward. And not mm-hmm. only that, not on not only to balance the scales, like to balance things, but to propel people over the line, you know, of the good, uh, of the brave and the and then he repeats this like the uh um the good the brave and towards love and he mouths out the end of that like as if it's something that i should know and so i'm like scrambling to find variations of this quote to see where it comes from because like the fact that he knows i don't know if just andrew lincoln fucked up and mouthed out her lines and that's just the take they took you mm-hmm. know what i mean like like kind of like what he what he did when he ad-libbed a little bit with um, melissa mcbride in that in the tent like mm-hmm. like i'm just reeling i'm just trying to figure that out because like how does he know what sasha's about oh, well i mean it's obvious because it's in his head but mm-hmm. it's just this weird moment where like they shared a line that they know between themselves and it was just this weird punch in the in the right in the chest and i was just like it's like they know something and he knows what this is all about yeah yeah i mean i mean your family is not lost you are not lost right it's like you you know what you need to do you just have to do it and you have to be okay mm-hmm. with that you have to be yeah. okay with playing your part mm-hmm. trusting that everybody else is going to move forward yeah exactly how punch i mean oh, it was <laughs> But I get it. I totally get what you're saying. It's just, it's just like I, I hear you, but I, I think it works with her more than anybody else. She made the ultimate sacrifice. She did, and I get it. Yeah, but yeah, I, I get the, the opportunity cost of having (laughs) would been great. Yeah, it's a shame though, like too, like if you're gonna bring up all these people. But then, you know, what would he? 
well, how would the scene be different, right? You know, it makes you think. I mean, I know we don't have too much time to talk about that, but like, right? Mm. You know, like, well, how would you paint that scene? Like, I'd have to like rewrite everything. Yeah. <laughs> and and like he could just be there saying, "Hey, Rick. Uh, so hey, you got yourself in a pickle, huh, dumbass?" <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. It, is. it would have been great, though. It would have been great if you would have been like, hey, dumbass. Hey, dumbass, what are you doing? Just blow up the bridge. It would have been. Don't be a fucking idiot. It would have been great. I just, I, you know what? Just, you know what? Redo episode five. Just that scene done. 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 So good. So good. <laughs> okay, so we have that. We did that. We put that in the books. <laughs> but you're getting the points of all these scenes, basically. Um, Herschel's, I mean, um, Shane is all about loyalty, digging deep, doing what you need to do, doing what needs to be done. That was all Shane. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even said as much in first season. Um, yeah. Herschel's the comfort. It's like saying, you don't need to worry about her. You don't need to worry about your family. You don't need to worry about anything. You don't even have to worry about apologizing, man. Mm-hmm. The people are strong. They're strong people. They, yeah. they, they played their part. They did the, they're okay now. You just need to worry about what you need to do. And you know what you need to do, you son of a mm-hmm. bitch. Mm-hmm. I didn't say that. Um, and then you have Sneak was saying like, look, you have to be okay with allowing, you know, with trusting the people to honor your memory so that they will be propelled forward from what you've done, what you're going to do. You're going to do it, right? Yeah, you're mm-hmm. going to do it because that's what you need to do. Yeah. Other people did that. The people that you lost, they did that so that their memory could propel you forward. Mm-hmm. Now it's just time for you to do the same. Yeah. So like all three different reasons in his psyche, as you mentioned in the beginning of the, of the episode, to convince mm-hmm. himself to kind of like you're holding on to something that as daryl said is not feasible for you to accomplish yeah that you need to trust that everybody else is gonna somehow make that happen mm-hmm. or not you know but you, you planted that seed you know now it just needs to grow yeah a watch pot doesn't boil <laughs> that sort of shit there you go yeah oh miss mazel by the way is, an, is a little bit in your camp she's saying sasha and rick never connected on the show it seems you know that's what i'm saying like yeah. i mean i get your point but it's ugh, if it had been glenn Oh. Yeah, but I think it just doesn't suit suit the purpose. And it's like it's like you're trying to tell. By the way, you're trying to tell Angel Angela Kang to do how to do her job. I mean, no, so. no, I'm not saying no that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm the kidding. biggest I'm Angela kidding. Kang fan. <laughs> yeah, you are. I, I'm, and I'm with you. I am in a cheerleader outfit, Ugh, a female cheerleader outfit. That's how her. I'm. I'm in that camp. I'm like, that's so, how big of a fan. <sighs> I'm swooning. Um, so that's that's it. Okay, so the, then we have the bridge scene, and then he gets up, and then Kathy falls on him. Oh, poor Kathy. Um, poor um, Nicole Barry. Uh, I mean, where are we? Okay, we're on the bridge. And this is when, like, dude, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, uh-huh. uh, I didn't watch the show uh, to get notes until uh, obviously just before we went on air. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought for a second that when I was going to get to the scene, I was going to be uh-huh. a fucking wreck. Cause, At the bridge. Yeah, because just watching Daryl, by the way, like Michonne, oh, obviously, God. right? I mean, but the acting here was just heart-wrenching. Daryl's reaction, Michonne's crumbling and having to be held back, her reaction. I mean, it was just, oh, I mean, good acting, great acting from everybody all around. But I mean, you know the memes, like when Daryl cries, the world cries, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's like watching your dad cry in a a way. Exactly. That just gets you out of nowhere. Exactly. And then just kind of dejectedly, like walking away, head down, like just crushed. And that's what I wanted to ask you. I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. you, what do you think is going on in his mind you like what do you think i think i think that part of him like blames himself probably right because it seems to me that he's kind of on his own in in the following episodes like he just lives out in the middle of nowhere 
this is the thing with Daryl. Daryl's Daryl ain't no indoor cat. Daryl's always been an outdoor cat. True. Even when they were all together and they were like at Alexandria and whatever, like Daryl was still basically like going on raids and, and runs with like Aaron. Like he can't be in a society community. Like, I mean, he is, but he's not. Like he will be, but not like, hey like, guys, let's all go. No, like that's just not him. It's like that structure shit, you know, like it, you tell me he what to do him. and I'll just do that. And just as long as you don't make me try to do what everybody else is trying to do, you know? Right, right, exactly. But I, I love the fact that he's kind of like living on the outskirts of the community in a tree house with a dog. I'm like, yeah, this is this is about right, you know? But you know what worries me about that is, is, is it feels like what he's doing now, and it may, I may not be right, is that he may be going to a state where it's like pre-Rick. Like, it's like like how he was with Merle, but without the Merle. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what that is, what, what no. he would be like without Merle prior to, you know, like beating him down and stuff like that. Like yeah. this weird state where he's like kind of like living like a swamp guy swamp person because he kind of looks like swamp person in that little getup. yeah yeah (laughs) like like duck dynasty swamp person but like less fancy swamp person gear Mm. (laughs) yeah i'm excited to see i'm a little like worried though yeah i I don't know and how and how does that translate to connecting with the rest of the group if he does connect at all and then when the he does to an extent yeah and then when the whisperers come in because he he is in that scene i think with Jesus. Well, yes, he is with Aaron. Jesus and Aaron. And then oh, because Aaron's his boyfriend. So of course. Never mind. No, uh, my money's on him and Rosita, man. Fathering her ch- her child. By the way, it is odd that all three of them are together in that scene. So maybe they're in a polyamorous relationship. Him and Rosita. My money's on him and Rosita. <laughs> uh okay just but saying i you know i i would be so my, so my like if, if this is a ranked choice um prediction <laughs> if, <laughs> if i may if he's not in some sort of weird love triangle with jesus and aaron i will say that it's gonna be i would bet on it being a eugene situation where eugene fathers rosita's child eugene bites it and then he and rosita raise the child now it's still probably gonna be sexually ambiguous again i'll bet i'll even bet on that on the spread on that <laughs> but um but yeah i think he'll help rosita with the kid like another little ass kicker Mm. of some kind that's that's my bet i don't think rosita's making it past this season wow i don't think so all right Rosita's done by the end of season nine by the way do you remember when we were saying like uh in the in the ramp up that rosita wasn't in any Mm -hmm. nine scenes well she works really hard i guess because she was in them scenes she was in them scenes she was in them (laughs) scenes you're right yeah i guess we were wrong about that and of course she's in latter scenes obviously the rest of the season so I still say that I don't think she makes it past this season. God, I wonder. I really do wonder. I mean, they could change. I mean, they've already changed so much. They've already changed so much. So that's not a given. It doesn't mean that for sure that's going to happen. But mm. well, I guess let's mark our words because we're going to be so annoying. We're going to bring it up again. So, I will. Okay. Uh, Oh, I guess before we go, uh, the smallest little tidbit: the song that they play uh, before. Junk. Right from from season one, episode one. Season one, episode one. I loved it when he was in the tank and the swarm of zombies or walkers are like surrounding him, and we hear it the first time there, and I clearly remembered it because it was so jarring in the first episode it was so jarring so jarring you don't forget it it's like oh oh okay this is kind of by the way i the reason why it's even like more oppression for me is that when i was looking for like tunes for background music and stuff like that 
Like seriously, like I was like, what is this mm-hmm. from Wang Chung? What? Yeah, it's so <laughs> random. Didn't they do so everybody random. Wang Chung tonight? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, and you did Space Jam, which is such a different, different song, but different like the same song. band. <laughs> so strange, but it, it was. It was perfect. Like when they played that, when Rick's going off in the helicopter, I was like, this is perfect send off to Rick. So let's wrap things up because it's, it's perfect. Quite late. So I'm right there with you. He goes off in the helicopter. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Him and Jadis. Jadis saves his ass. I knew it. I called it. Right. I, did, I had been calling it. So when he washed ashore. Yeah, we both did. And I, yeah. Obvious. When he washed ashore and that helicopter showed up, I was like, perfect. And Space Junk is playing. And it could have ended there. It could have ended there and it would have been an amazing episode. Fine. Yeah. Totally but then fine. we see the landscape change and we infer that time has passed. Right. Oh, I literally yelled out, time jump. Yeah, and, time and, jump. I yeah. almost woke up my wife. Oh, my God. See, see, it's the excitement we have for this show. Exactly. Ugh. But no, it was... It was like, okay, we, we're going forward in time. And then we see the new group that we right. already knew was added. Like they've already kind of promoted this and, and they are from the comic. So it's like, and you kind of already, for me, like we are, I kind of already know, okay, this is where we are in the time scheme based on the arrival of these people. Right. But, um, which is fine. But then, because originally when these characters are found, they are found by like Jesus and Aaron and, and whatever, because as you can see in like the previews, like they kind of are like sort of almost kind of like soldiers in a way. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, or kind of like Knights of the Watch, if you think. In a yeah, they're using the kingdom, sort of modified kingdom armor. Uh-huh. In a Game of Thrones sort of. Kind <laughs> Which, of by the way, it bears mentioning um, Carol's Elvin. There's a lot of Game of Thrones feels <laughs> from these previews. To well, I was me, thinking like she looks more like an elf. Like, like she a, looks very Hobbit, Game of Thrones, like Lord, Lord of the, the Rings. Rings. <laughs> like, so, like something along those lines, but I'm loving it. I was like, sure, let's go there. Okay. See, but like how, how, I mean, five years must have passed the point where. No, six. They said six. Oh, six years. Sorry. Where, um, uh, I was going to say Kari Payton, where Ezekiel wore her down to the point where she's playing those games too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, you're living with somebody or presumably that is, you know. It means it. a lot though. It means that she's leaning into the fandom, yeah. but in her own, obviously like. Just, in her own modified way, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But so oh, and one more thing. is um, the one who, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, one more thing. Mm-hmm. I noticed that when she was holding the boa, and I think they were trying to accent this, is that she's wearing the wedding ring. Oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, I, just, I noticed it the second watch. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, look. All right, yes, go on, go on. But in the comic, these this group is found by Jesus and, and, and Aaron and like these sort of like soldiers or knights or whatever, you know. But here we see this group surrounded by walkers, shots ring out, and some of these walkers start to go down. And a young girl's voice kind of tells them to go into this clearing or whatever, you know, <laughs> in the woods and stuff. She clears like, a path and all that, yeah. Yeah. And they come and they're like, oh, you know, who are you? Whatever. And we see this little girl. She's like probably nine or 10. And she's got a sword on her back, Rick's gun, and boots. Carl's hat. And it's she introduces herself and says she's Judith Judith Grimes. And I nearly fell out of my bed. Bond. I was like. James Bond. <laughs> I was like, oh. 
my God. I was like, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. I've been saying it for the longest time that this whole show is about Judith. Judith, this show is going to be with Judith walking the wasteland. She's going to save everybody. She's the John Connor of this series. Like for those of you who have watched Terminator. So in my mind, Judith is the John Connor of this world, which by the way. Which is crazy. Like how spot on are you? By the way, side note, oh, it's a yeah. testament to how good this episode was that there were not memes on Twitter. About Judith? No, about getting the chopper or getting get to the chopper. <laughs> like, By the way, I thought of that. I was like, did you? I did should not I? Should I not? I didn't. I did not. I was so focused on like Judith. Holy crap. Like, you know, like, yeah, so they, they focused on all of this. They did it so fast. And, and, and all the stuff that was going on too, like Rick kind of almost dying, but not. It, it and was like, we're all boom, like, boom, boom, boom. Like there were so many things going on that I was like, I'm just trying to pay attention to what's happening right here on the screen because there's yeah. a lot going on here. Too much. Yeah. From beginning to end. So <laughs> I was like you guys have my full attention because yeah, exactly. it was great from beginning to end and like i said i have co-workers and friends and a husband that have been like the biggest haters and like really oh yeah about the walking dead in general yeah well not in general but like lately walking dead lately oh like, know, like criticizing critical yeah Choices. critics yeah i call them haters but critics mm-hmm. so the, hang- the hangers on like they hang on but just the shit on it yeah, like like my husband is definitely one of those people. And then I have coworkers that are like, some are more like middle range, which it's like, okay, you know, I like this episode. I didn't necessarily like this one. You know, they kind of like, you know, they're, they're you know, even. And then you have those that are just like, you know, super critical, but like consistently across the board, thumbs right. up to this episode. Like, Oh, really? Even these people? Like, yeah, like everybody, like no matter what your level of appreciation for the show, whether you were like, have always been a consistent fan, whether your your interest has been waning, or you know whatever like everybody kind of was very consistent with like this episode of like yes this was an excellent episode yeah i'll even say one thing like we had i had i spoke to somebody who was not happy with how rick exited by the way well but, i'm sure there are those too but it's it's kind of interesting because what i did was i talked to him a little bit about maggie and i talked to him about where the show's going blah blah blah. and and what's what's cool about it is that even though he wasn't ha- too happy with rick and what where they were going to go with rick because i started talking about maggie and i started talking about the rest of the show and how where they're to take it and where, where she's gonna go and blah, blah blah he's like really on board still so like you can be upset with certain choices and still which is a first for the walking dead you know as soon as you kill off like glenn it's an excuse to stop watching the show as soon as they killed off um herschel it's an excuse to watch stop watching the show um you know what i mean and, and so like you do something like take the major character off the show and then you're still interested in watching the show and then it's a huge testament mission accomplished huge. mission accomplished like you were able you guys stuck the landing yeah like like even though you did something that upset that guy he still wants to watch what comes after mm-hmm. yeah that's I the title of this show there you go <laughs> witty <Yeah. laughs> very um so i guess with that we've got a couple more days till this crazy episode are you i'm not even ready are you ready even i am you ready i'm yeah. like i'm not ready to handle judith grimes i'm not i'm ready for judith grimes this i mean little girl right up my alley like i said to eleanor Metz- metzera it's like oh, ready or not i mean here they come this is a little girl after my own heart so yeah uh, wow big sigh I'll get ready. And with that, we bid you a solemn farewell. Until the next time. Bye, guys.